and welcome to another episode of the Beantown Brits podcast, brought to you by some baseball-loving Brits and a man from Belgium called Barry. Tonight, we're going to catch up on what's happened in the month of June, which, let's be honest, compared to where we were in April, is a very good month, and also have a preview of the upcoming games because it's going to get serious in the next couple of weeks for the Red Sox. Um, but first of all, let's welcome the team, Barry, Sam, Anastasia. How are we, people? Hello. 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 Good. Fourth of July. Yeah, happy Fourth of July. So hands more up like, here. Hands up here. Who like has me. had a hot dog for tea? Tea. How have I said that? I'm so British. Who's had? Who's <laughs> had? A, who's had a hot dog for their dinner? Uh, are we talking tea dinner? Are we getting into that debate? No, I know. It's not just anything whole... that's happened this evening. Let's say. <laughs> I have. I ate two. <laughs> I had a cheeseburger. Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, but let's be brutally honest. It's the 4th of July, or what we call it here in the UK, Monday. Monday. After my comment on the love park, love, last podcast, when I talked about uh, the... Um, the, uh, re-bringing in the US into the uh, old British Empire again. Uh, I think I'll probably stop there on that one. I won't go any further. Um, so, yes, so that's good. Right, guys, the Red Sox are playing at this point in time. Fingers crossed. It's ninth inning time. So if you hear some whooping and hollering or an expletive, do apologise. Um, something may well have gone wrong. Anyway, guys, what a good month. 20 and 6 in the month of June. Hands up who really saw that coming. Anyone? Can anyone say they're coming? Has it exceeded expectation or? After April, I, I mean, yeah, after April, if you'd asked me, this is where, told me where this is where we were headed, I would have probably, I don't know, had you committed? Asked how much you've been drinking? <laughs> it's a, I mean, a huge turnaround, huge. Which is surprising answer, because I remember the April podcast, you were the most optimistic. It was me and Barry that really needed the Samaritan spotlight. I talk the game, Johnny, but in, in my heart of hearts, I'm, I'm a pessimist. <laughs> but I tried, to, I tried to put an optimistic front on it. Yeah. Barry, Sam, what are your yeah. thoughts? I'm, I'm, I'm surprised because obviously we all know how many starters we are missing in terms of pictures. And we're still hanging on. We're still competitive. So it's it's definitely been a surprise, and but a good surprise. You know, I'd say we're more than hanging on. You think where we probably were, we were still fourth when we last recorded at uh, the beginning of June. Uh, and tonight, well, as of last night, hopefully as of tonight, when they walk off in a minute, we will be still in second place in the AL East. We've won. Oh, I've got the thumbs up from Anastasia. We've won. Yeah, Yahoo! Go Red Sox. I take it that Robles did not come in. More on him later, uh, I fear. Um, yes. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you one thing. Do we think that we've had a fairly soft schedule? Do we think that we it's still paper and over cracks, or are we ready for what is probably going to be the most crucial two, two weeks to a month of the season? I think you've just got to be who's in front of you at the end of the day, like regardless of how the schedule pans out. I think you've got a 182-game season, 162, sorry. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, you just, you've got to beat who's in front of you, take each game, each series by series. Like, keep, Cora keeps saying it, you know, win your series, win your series. That's, you know, no disrespect to the 
you know, the A's or the Tigers or whether that's against the Yankees and the Astros. You've just got to beat who's in front of you. And if you're there in October, you're there in October. Um, that's my opinion anyway. And I'm, I don't know what the other guys' opinion is. I, I can't disagree. You, you, everybody can say, oh, you, you've only played small teams, but you can only play what, what you what's in front of you. And whether or not you win every game against the Yankees might not matter, but losing five, six times against the Orioles might matter in the end. So it's not always about beating the big teams during the season. It's about consistency more than anything. Yeah, if you win enough games today, when you look back over a season, it'll add up to enough wins to get you into a into a playoff spot. You can only yeah. go out and pitch what's in front of you. You can't replay last week's game or last month's games. I, I, I'm not worried. In fact, I take it actually a bit of a benefit because I think this is the same situation for the Yankees have benefited from um, in, in that they build confidence. And when you're a team and you've got confidence, you're on a good run, it's surprising how often then you can play above yourself and you can just keep dragging these games out even when you're not playing your best uh, because you believe you're going to do it, uh, which was very different to where we were in April when basically you could see they were losing games when they thought they really should win because they just didn't quite believe. They weren't fully confident in themselves. Um, you look at the... Um... I think they said it on tonight's broadcast at the start. You look at the Rays last year, what did they win? 110-something games. They were quite mm -hmm. dominant throughout the year. You know, we got into, you know, weren't playing our best baseball last year. Got in, beat them in the wild card. So, you know, whatever happens in the in the standard season, doesn't matter when you hit October. It's sort of a, hit, a refresh button, isn't it? So, you know, yeah, make October, yeah. happy days. Yeah, wild cards, one game. You Three know. now. Yeah, free now, but obviously, you know what I mean. But, you know, it's, it, it, the old day, one game, and then you're on to your, your ALDS, um, ALCS, and, you know, you can earn, it's, it's the best of seven. It doesn't matter what record you've got going in. It's the best of seven. <laughs> you win or, win or lose, best of five, whatever. Um, yeah, so, we did this last time. So, who is, first of all, I'm going to go around and say, who is your star of the month, teacher's pet, Gold star boy up on stage, and who is your Muppet of the month? The person you'd most like to get in front of you and probably whack over the head with a baseball bat or at least frothy and say, Be gone from, from Boston, please. And I know, I suspect there's one, one or two, one name particularly who I fear may come up more often than others. So let's start with positive. Go on, let's start with positive. So, I, as always, I start the fairest of them all. So, Anastasia. Would you uh, like to go first? Who is your player of the month? Sure. Uh, Vasquez. Christian Vasquez. He has been hitting. His defence has been pretty solid. He's got a solid court ceiling rate. He is the, you know, looking like our lead catcher, which is the role he's supposed to fulfil. He's doing everything we need him to do, getting hits in the big moments. Vasquez is just having a great month. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm not going to go on to the negative yet. Barry, who's next? Who's your uh, who's your man of the man of the month? Schreiber, for me, he's just every time he's been called on, he's been lights out. Really, uh, he's not really put a foot wrong. Um, yeah, for me, he's just been a star. 
Yeah, I don't think anyone can argue with that. He's been, I mean, been absolutely lights out. Um, and probably a, a bit of a surprise as well, if, he has been, to be honest, yeah. if you looked at Ross at the beginning of the season. He has, he has definitely, and if you look at and I don't want to go into to stats, but if you look at his career stats prior to the Red Sox, compared to his stats so far this season, they're so far apart. It's it's unbelievable. I think his career ERA was something three point five, and his current ERA for a season is zero point six six. Yeah. So yeah, it's well, to be just, honest with you, you'd probably take the two point five five as well, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, even yeah, that, you're quite yeah. happy with that. So, it's, okay, it's that's been outstanding. Yeah, Sam, who is your Mister July on your monthly calendar? Hang I think on, Barry's been looking at my homework because he was he was number one for me. Uh, I think yeah, like, but I've got I've got another one. So don't worry, I've got backup. But yeah, he's absolutely dominant. Uh, I think you know he's he's been Mister Ice Cold when he's come in. He's not giving anything up and. Saw so on the broadcast today, he's rocking a nice 0.7 ERA, Mr. Reliable. Um, so he's fantastic. You know what you're going to get coming out. I think the other one for me is Mr. Duran Duran. Ah, my boy. That's uh, my yeah. boy. Sorry if I've, I've stolen your homework here, Johnny. Uh, but <laughs> like, he's been absolutely lights out. We know, obviously, he had a bit of a up and down uh, time when he got called up previously, but since he's sort of come up for Kike, uh, I think he's made that lead of spot of his own. Exactly. Um, which is a bit harsh to say, but he's he's made that lead of spot his own. Um, he's, he's batting over 300. He's contributing um, all over the field. He's putting pressure on when he's on base. You know, he's going to, going to put pressure on the, on the pitcher to try and steal a base. And I think he's, 100% so far on stolen bases. Um, yeah, I think um, he's, he's done fantastic and he's he's doing what we need from him in our lead-off spot. And I think um, there are some names which potentially may come up which uh, thought they might have been safe when these guys come back from the IL, potentially might not be safe now. Um, and yeah, or yeah. might end up being trade bait, who knows, but... I want to come on to some trade to some trade thoughts later, obviously, because we're getting that part of the season. Um, yeah, look, my man Duran Duran. I, I think this is. I think I dropped on about it a, a couple of episodes ago. That you know, if you're bringing these kids up and they've had a hot start in in AAA, you got to play them. And when he first came up for that short little stint, he only got a very brief glimpse of playing, and and he but he showed enough. And since he's come up and he's been given a long run. And he's, he's shown the maturity of being given that second or third chance, which a lot of people in Boston thought, don't want, I know if you want this guy. It doesn't matter if he, do, if he doesn't hit home runs as a leader, because they only count for one. The idea of a guy with that much speed is get on base and let Devers, Martinez, Bogarts, Verdugo, uh, story knock you in for the runs because you can get you can go home from first with his speed and, and look, yeah, look, yeah. look my my guys actually i was going a bit of a bit, a bit of sort of a cheat and i was actually going to just say all our rookies because i think we've had a lot of rookies come up in the last month who every single one of them have given you can see they're giving it all and they stood up and been counted you know ref schneider been outstanding as a call-up. And we talked about it. Remember the pre-season one where we thought, will he break camp? 
he was he was really good at pre-season you know and then you then we have a look at our pitching the guys that have come up you know Winkowski you know okay he had a slightly dodgy first one but since he's come up second time around he's looked like it's, it's naturally it, it, feel, it, it feels a fit Seabold rough first start granted nerves whatever expectation pressure has come up he was really good the other night you know Crawford who is okay back up tonight is pitched outstandingly well tonight um, you know in, in what I think is probably his better role as a bit of a long reliever if I'm being honest um, mm. working behind maybe that odd starter the sort of the raised model of starter games that uh, Bloom has brought where you kind of throw in a really good pitcher for one innings and then just let them settle in a bit further down the the batting lineup and go round. Um, you know, it's it's. I can't remember the last time I've we've had a season where you could say that that every rookie has come up and, and we've had plenty come up has contributed. It's nice because a few years ago we didn't have that opportunity. We had no farm system, so it's it's it's, it's nice so, that we've got some people so coming through. Pat on the back's got to go to our GM who, you know, we say, oh, why is he doing this trade? Why is he doing that trade? And we're getting prospects here, prospects there for this. Turns out they might, he might be, he might know what he's doing. You know, no, no disrespect, but that's, <laughs> that Pavetta Seabold trade for, uh, for our two rubbish relievers the other year. That's genius. I'm sorry, that's just genius. Um, anyway, so I'm going to give it to the, to, to the lot of them. And, Hey, look, sounds like we're going to get Mr. Brian Bellow coming up later this week, which should be really interesting to see. Um, he's, I've watched a few starts of his in, in the minors, uh, and he's got stuff that's going to play well. He will give up the odd hit, and it's just a case of learning how to pitch to some of these big hitters, but he's going to get some strikeouts. He's got he's got some really good stuff. So that's going to be exciting to look forward to on Thursday. Now, I wonder whether I should just throw this open as a poll because I do think one name might appear more, more quite regularly here. So let's go again. Let's start with Anastasia. Who is your Muppet of the Month? Well, I thought I'd be nice and leave the obvious Muppet to the others. And I'm, <laughs> the other going, two, yeah, yeah. I'm going with the eighth and ninth innings as the Muppets of the Month because okay. they're just painful to watch. Like I've, <laughs> I've been watching pretty much every game this month and when you're up at 3am in the morning and you like, you've got a you know, two-run lead, three-run lead and then you get into the sixth, sixth inning and you're feeling confident, seventh inning, you're like, oh, okay. And then we hand over to the guys the guys are going to mention or to be honest, Frazier, any of any of them, it's it's nerve-wracking. It's And especially while we were in Toronto when Hulk was out, it is just it's nerve-wracking even the ones where we won they made it more difficult than it should be and it's just I yeah I'm in favor of making baseball games six innings is where my stance is right now because I feel like bad things happen after the six you've got to get this one off your chest no, no, no. I was about to say, so obviously if anyone's going to stay up and watch watch the games at our, uh, midnight our time, it's going to be Anastasia. Ike's yeah. home game is not until the 17th of July against the Yankees. So, Anastasia, how much sleep are you yeah, anticipating yeah. now and the 17th of July? Are we in single digits? Are we just above the single digits? I think I'll be all right because my annual leave year at work finishes the end of July and I had 
15 days to use up so I'm basically part-time for the next month which means that my baseball schedule is wide open and I can sleep at the other end of the day instead so I'm, I'm golden this time I could have done with the west coast road trip this month but <laughs> yeah, so yeah, if you are following us on twitter probably about 98 percent of the time if you're talking to us on twitter you're talking to anastasia so give her a shout out and and have, a, have a little chat with her i have two young kids it's definitely not me yeah the other one percent is probably me and the other one percent is barry now and again yeah. my only time i could contribute is when i'm actually up because the kids are up at five half five and we're west coast yes um, i think um, Sometimes Twitter is the only thing that is keeping me awake. So yeah, the Twitter <laughs> sometimes they're helping. It's anything else. <laughs> yeah, I think I think obviously the villain, the what, the whoever mark of the month, whatever you want to put on it. I think the obvious the obvious one is obviously Mr. Robles. Um, not as uh, steady as we all anticipated him coming into the season. He's uh, blown obviously two saves for us. So obviously then not just relative to the ninth inning, but obviously the back end of the game as well. As Anastasia said, obviously blown two saves and he's, his ERA has is, 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 uh, gone through the roof. But the frustrating thing with Robles is, comes in, he can get the first two out. Yeah, I know. So it's like, what's what's going on here? I think that's probably the more frustrating thing with Robles is he comes in, like I said, it easily gets one and two out. But it's that third one, absolutely struggles. Um, okay, that is the annoying thing with Mr. Robles. Sam, can I throw something? In? Is is that not then on? Is that not a little bit on core and the pitchings? Well, okay. you got to face three batters minimum, haven't you? So they yes, can't. No, take no, but okay, so three batters. Okay, so if we know that he's then saving up multiple runs, that implies multiple hits or mm-hmm. walks. So therefore, after your first two, and you struggle against the third, and there's a pattern. There is a clear and obvious pattern starting. And we're in an age of analytics when everything is, you know, the average length of a blade of grass on 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 each ounce, you know, it's gone to that sort of level. Are they not really thinking? Hang on, we've got to keep him short leash, man. Is that not a little bit on the back office and the, and the coaching team thinking? Okay, let's just keep him for three batters, no matter what the outcome. I think I think you've seen Cora do that with a lot of pitchers recently, haven't you? You've seen you haven't seen many pitchers go for more than an inning in relief. Mm. You've either got them either cleaning up an inning from a from a starting. Well, that's pitch. what I mean. He Cora should be cleaning up his inning quick. Should should no, you know there is no leash. You're facing four, and then the fifth, and then the sixth batter. If you if he's gone and got two quick outs, track record of after that he struggles. You're thinking, okay, if he doesn't get the third batsman, let's bring in another pitcher and clean the inning up straight away. Or do you think that's just so detrimental to the individual player and his potential confidence that it, it you don't do it? It's catch twenty two. Yeah, I'm just throwing a question out there. Yeah, no, no, yeah. It's, it's, it's catch twenty two because the frustrating thing is he's, he's got the stuff, so you know yeah. he can do it. But I think by the time obviously it starts going downhill, you get someone up in the pen warming up. The damage sometimes. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is yeah. done and dusted. So, yeah. you know, I think, you know, there's still that faith that Cora has in him. It's, it's just that that string when it starts to go downhill is really, yeah. really thin. And by the time it, you know, you've got someone up ready to come in and take over, it, it, it snapped. So I think, you know, you've kind of got these relievers where you've got them in your 
high pressure games, you've got yeah. these mid guys that can go either way, and you got yeah, we're up seven runs that stick in. You know, uh, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but yeah. you know, Saramora recently, you know, he's you know, I know he's he's pitching better now, but you know, you wouldn't see Saramora in a high pressure game. You generally see him up in a game when we're up six, seven runs or there's no pressure and it's towards the end of the game. Don't, don't think he's considered a run for, 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 for yeah. nine, nine appearances or ten appearances, has he? Yeah, so, but then again, <laughs> jumping on to our next topic, I know we've got to finish this one, but yeah. is he now uh, a candidate for trade bait or with, with people coming off the IL back yeah. into the team, is he someone that's just going to get the cut and said, see you later? I yeah. think I think that's the issue is that yes, perhaps Cora should take progress out earlier, but who who does he put in? If well, if Schreiber, if Schreiber's not available and if Hauk's not available, who like you go to Brazier, you go to Thoramora, are they better options? Not really. And to add to Sam's point, like otherwise you have to have someone warming up as soon as Hauk goes in. Yeah. At which point, I mean, what does that do for sorry, as soon as Robert goes in? So what does that do for his morale as well? If you know, yeah. you're not even gonna get the chance to get the two guys out before they start warming someone up so I think it's just uh, I think we all know that the bullpen needs addressing and I think that's the issue is that with the injuries we've got to the pitching staff and with the rotation looking like it does at the moment we're relying on the bullpen far more than we than it's built to be relied on and it's just not holding up basically yeah Barry Barry who's your yeah. muppet of the month come on yeah, it has to be Robles as well for me. Um, it's just—I had a feeling it was. Yes, it, it's just frustrating watching him, and you could be four, five, no, five, no up in runs, seeing like tonight, four, four, new, four, zero up. Robles is warming up in the bullpen. You're going, oh god, four, nothing's not enough. <laughs> so it, I he's one. No, but he's one of those players where you see him come in and it's hide behind the couch, kind of, baseball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking, shall I be controversial? And I'm going to because it's July the 4th, and how, why not? Um, Muffet with for the month for me, with a slight asterisk, are two people. Duran and Tanahau. Because they, I personally think they, with how particularly, now I say with an asterisk because I do understand it is their choice. But I think an interesting, Duran has woken up and realized, hang on, I didn't go to um, Toronto. I'm trying to establish myself. I've got a good start. Actually, is there any, why am I not doing it? What is the real reason? And actually, I want to play Major League Baseball. I want to lead off for the Red Sox. I'm not going to. I'm not going to balls this up. And I suspect maybe he's agent had a word with him, and he's come around and thought, well, I'll just have the jab. Now, look, there are a couple others. We know Chris Sale hasn't been done yet. Um, you know, I, I say with an asterisk. It, it's a little bit harsh, but to be honest with you, I think they're pretty much beyond Robles. Uh, and the odd spot start. I can't really think of anyone that's played that. So, you know, I was actually struggling. It, I'm just, I just think, with, particularly with how he's got that opportunity, and unless it's really something he feels so passionately about, which doesn't come across in the, in his interviews or anything like that, about why he has another job, I just think 
really. I think, you know, it's a, you get long term, you know, we don't know that Canadian borders uh, policy is going to be in place, you know. So, you know, COVID is eased enough that you'd think they could probably lift it at some point. So they may actually keep it. And to yeah. keep it, that's 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 a situation every year, isn't it? Anyway, hey, that's a violent bite. So we'll, I, I probably ought to have my hand slapped for being controversial there, but hey, there we go. So guys, as I mentioned a bit earlier, it's probably our biggest two weeks of the season about to commence. And obviously, actually, we should say game one is now down because we gave out the result earlier. But the Red Sox have won against the Rays, but. You know, we've got Rays Yankees at home and then Rays Yankees away. And obviously, we have the all-star break. But when we come back, you know, it's not it's not an easy run. We've got Toronto, Cleveland and Milwaukee at home. And Milwaukee are leading their division. Cleveland are, you know, they've been a hot team in June, uh, despite when they faced the mighty Reds. Of course, remember that we swept them out of their place. And then we've got Houston before we probably even talked again. Now, if that had been the if that had been May's lineup, I think I really would have said, you know, I might just cancel the MLB subscription for the year and save myself a few dollars. Um, but I'm I'm damn quietly confident that we can get through this. And if we get through this at 500, I, I'm going to be really happy with that. Um, yeah, anyone I think got that, any thoughts about what they want, to, what they feel is going to happen, what what the keys are going to be? I think I think at the end of the day, the important thing is, is probably really obvious is, is try not to lose any ground. I think if we can, I, I know it sounds silly, but if we can, you know, come out of July in the position which we started in, kind of in that second place, holding off the Blue Jays and the Rays, I think everyone would be happy. I think the frustrating thing about June is is we had a twenty and six record. Yeah, I think we lost ground on the Yankees by about a game or a game and a half, um, which was which was quite shocking considering how 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 great we're playing. But they they are absolutely dominant this year. So I think you know, worst case, you know, best outcome would be we we close the gap on the Yankees. I think, but if we can, if like I said, if we can have a a, a decent record against them because we've we've not got well apart from today now where we're you know two and two against the rays we've got a one and two record against the yankees three and seven against the blue jays um against the al east and i think we've got we're not playing the orioles we've got a losing record against the orioles so you know until today we we weren't 500 plus against any of the teams in in our division so i think if we can get back to 500 against them even a winning record against some of them and and then not lose any ground and still be in that second second place in the east and keep hot keep hold of that top spot in the wild card i think everyone will be you know, buying your hand off now. Anastasia, Barry, any thoughts? Don't be shy. This is a podcast to talk. Um, you'd you'd think by now I'd be able to find the mute button, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. I think a lot of it will come down to the injuries that our starting rotation are facing at the moment. Yeah. And also, I've just had a quick look at the... Uh, schedule for the Blue Jays and for the Yankees and I think the Yankees I mean they're facing us as many times as we're facing them obviously and I like to think we're not going to be a walkover team and so there's their schedule is you know moderately challenging I look at the Blue Jays they've got a much easier schedule coming up over weeks so okay. I think that will make it a bit more challenging to like fan players to hold them off 
Um, but I think as long as we can, you know, break even on this on the series, um, you know, across the you know the two sets of series, we can mm -hmm. take 50-50, I think then we'll still be in a really strong position. As much as it pains me to say, I think we're past the point of being able to catch the Yankees. I think yep. we're acknowledged that we're aiming for a wild card spot and as we discussed earlier that's no bad thing we can we can still roll with a wild card spot we can still go pretty far with a wild card spot but I think this sort of two weeks is going to be pretty make or break for us and if we don't come out of these two weeks solidly then I think that might put us so far behind the others that there's no gaining ground that's my thoughts yeah. on that yeah 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 I'm, I think my main goal for the team in, in this month is just to solidify that second place, uh, solidify our, our grasp on a wildcard spot. I don't see the need in to try and overtake the Yankees, leave them in their cloud that where they think they're going to win the World Series right now, uh, alongside their Deluded fan base, that's maybe the right <laughs> word. Um, so just leave them as where they are. Um, I'm sure they got scalped by a team in the wild card game last year. Yeah, I'm did. happy to, to redo it this year. Uh, to be fair, they're probably not going to be in the World Cup, but yeah. Look, um, I, I, again, I'm clearly being very controversial tonight. I'm certainly not sitting on a fence. I would actually say, I don't care what we do against the Yankees in these series. We're not going to catch them. If we get 500, fine. I actually think this is a really good opportunity to, to put some pressure on Tampa Bay because I don't think they're anything like the team they were last year. I think they are... They're struggling a little bit. They've not been on great form this last month or so. And I think there's an opportunity we can take. Well, we've got seven games to them. We've won the first one. If we can go five and two, that puts a big dent in, in the gap to, to lead the wild card. Okay. Now, Toronto has always been a little bit of a hit and miss team. We've never seen have the best record over against them. But, you know, we, we, we obviously, you know, we can win a, say, win that series 2-1. Just peg back towards 500. The Yankees are gone. Um, no one is going to catch the Yankees bar a Boston Red Sox, you know, chicken and beer in the clubhouse collapse. It's it's not going to happen. Um, so really, for me, they're not the ones to worry about. Yeah, go in, play hard, try and pick up some games, but I'm not, if we've got seven against them, if, even if we lost the series 3-4, I wouldn't be upset. That's not who we, we're better off beating the teams who are in and around us in Tampa Bay, Toronto and Cleveland. And if we can get positive series against them, it puts the distance and keeps us comfortably in a wild card. That, that would be my take. Now, I guess the good thing coming up is that uh, we've got some injuries and, and I know you want to talk about those in a minute, but we've also got the cavalry maybe returning over the hill. So I'll let you talk about the, the injuries you've got at the moment, Anastasia, and then we'll talk about who could be arriving. And then that will lead us nicely into some trade talk, because I think there's one or two people who's, who may be on the line here, given how well some of these young kids are playing. Yeah, so I'll start with the bad news in that Hill is on the 15-day 
injured list and I think he was going to go checked out today I haven't I didn't get a chance to mm. see Cora's post-game interview and see whether there was any update on that um so he was going to go get checked out so we don't know what the verdict is on him but obviously at his age I would say that any injury could be serious far more serious than the Whitlocks of the world um, Rumour is it's the same as he did in 2019 when he was out for a month. Yeah, so, I mean, they don't seem particularly worried so far. So hopefully mm. it is just nothing. It's just, yeah, obviously at his age, you've got to worry about any kind of injuries. Uh, Waka was uh, out today. So we had a bullpen game today because he had dead arm. Hopefully that's just, you know, a week day to day. Should be back to make a start in a couple of days time. So back in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, Whitlock, as we know, is on the... IL um, but he has started throwing bullpen sessions and he is due to throw BP next week so looking for him and Evaldi is in the same position looking to throw a bullpen session on Thursday and then live BP and they're going to assess after that so I think that's our you know our opening day rotation all on the IL Uh, so (laughs) that's a not not the greatest start but Things are looking up, like you say. So Chris yeah. Dale has done pretty well in his most recent starts. He's starting for the Wee Sox on Wednesday. Um, as I know, there are a yeah. couple of question marks. We've got an open roster spot on Wednesday, an open rotation spot. What Was it going to be sale or not? I think Cora said he doesn't want to disappoint the people of Worcester. So he's definitely making his rehab start on Wednesday. But after that, I think things are looking up. And like I say, Whitlock and Avaldi are definitely getting closer to rehab starts and rejoining the team. So in terms of, you know, pitching, it's not, if you look at it on paper, pretty much all of our strong rotation, which is, I would say, is what has carried the team through its low points so far this season, is injured, but it's not all bad news. Um, Xander is day-to-day as far as I know. So far, again, pending any updates after today's game, after he got spiked pretty nastily in a play yesterday he apparently had to have seven stitches and I feel like if it's Xander saying he can't play it's probably that he definitely can't play he's not one to try and sit out a ball game yeah, uh, I won't repeat what someone put on our on our sort of internal group messaging last night when that happened <laughs> there was, there was, it didn't actually have any swear words in to be fair but there was a certain degree of anger and cussing in it <laughs> yeah it uh you know, it gives me flashbacks to Pedroia and Machado a yeah. little bit, but obviously Xander's much younger, so I'm sure he'll bounce back without <laughs> problem. Um, Kike Hernandez on the IL, but he's looking close to a rehab assignment, so hopefully, hopefully he'll be back with the team. That will then, as we discussed earlier, give us questions about who who goes down in his place when all of our call-ups have been performing as well as he was for the season if not better in some cases so I think it might just be a case of who manages to stay hot and if anyone if anyone calls down then they're the one to send down um and so I think that's I think that's all of our updates there's obviously some few a few minor leaguers as well so Cassas is working towards recovery and uh, a few of our minor league pitching prospects so I think Matter is back in back in play again now so there's okay. a few minor leaguers that are on their way back to performing as well but yeah I think that's a summary of the uh, um, status of our injury list yeah 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 my man the Cassas Express is beginning the mend uh, so uh, he shall reappear I don't think we'll see him this year and probably not needed at the present point of time. anyway so which leads very nicely into returning players too many players to fit certain slots um 
it's trade season pretty much upon us. Uh, there's no reason we people can't start now doing it. Um, and just a little side note, obviously when Dieter Downs came up the other day, it was all three players from the Mookie Betts trade have now played for the Red Sox in the majors. Um, I know obviously we've been over the big situation and there's people still moan and groan about it, even if they can't read the tea leaves. Um, but hey, you know, they're up. Dieter uh, Downs maybe probably his form didn't necessarily warrant him coming up, but I think that was probably a bit of a move just to sort of give the guy a bit of confidence that you can make it up. Uh, we are thinking of you and you, you know, you've got the ability and hopefully he is hitting a bit better now down at AAA. So maybe that was just a bit of a booster move. So, first of all, I guess is what do we need? Is there an area of the team you think we need to strengthen Barry? A closer. A designated closer. But is how we've got we that role now? Maybe, but we, we, st well, we still need someone to add to that relief. Okay. So, I think, in, in my eyes, I think, you know, I don't think Cor has even come out and said it yet. I think it's just he is closer, the, you know, unofficial closer, not yeah. mentioned it now, Hulk. I think AC has already come out and said Whitlock's going back to the bullpen yeah. when he comes back. So you've got Hulk, Whitlock, Schreiber. So three outstanding arms. Yes, I know we need that depth. We could probably do some right, right, right hand pitching. I think, yeah. you know, our, our villain or Muppet of the Month, Mr. Robles, is he on thin ice? I think there's a lot of talk with um, uh, Daniel Baird, Bard, potentially as an option from the Rockies. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and the guy from Chicago who we just faced, uh, Mr. Robinson, has a couple of potential different options mm -hmm. uh, okay. to, to strengthen the pen there. But then we've also got the guys who were mentioned at the start as well, these, these young guys that have come up and, you know, have shown us actually, do we need to go outside uh, as much as we think to go and, and and strengthen we're actually you know we could just move some of these guys around promote some of these guys up and give them the opportunity the second half of the season because potentially from 23 with the free agencies we've got might actually be in the the actual well i think they will for next year and i think so, that's again as we said sam the other the other week i think that's why they've not really spent much is that they've kind of known as have faith and confidence that this is coming uh, and you know so far i've got to kind of tip my hat actually um you know a little bit surprised um but it seems to work quite so well and quite so quickly but you know certainly nothing you can say that uh, has gone shockingly badly and is oh my god what on earth did we do that for um so okay so if we're saying that People like Hill could potentially end up back in there if Sale comes back into the rotation and we fill in with some of the younger kids who are starters, but we fill in for the, for into, the, um, into the bullpen. Where do you see within the sort of offence that, that we desperately need? And I've got... Go, Anastasia, go. I think I know where you might go with this. Well, okay, so... I want to throw out what I like. My ideal trade would be. I think oh, yeah. there's a nostalgia cool. in me talking, but clearly we need some off offense from our outfielders. Gone are the days where we had Mookie Betts, Benintendi, Jackie Bradley Jr. out there, called like great platoon. Andrew Benintendi is having a career year right now, but the Royals <laughs> absolutely suck. 
we got we got Cordero and Winkowski and a couple of other minor leaguers for that deal. If Heimbloom could somehow pull off some kind of trade that brings Benintendi back to Boston and we still keep Cordero and Winkowski, then he would be the greatest GM of all time and I would be forever grateful. I want Benintendi back in a Red Sox uniform, sign Brock Holt to be a couch coaching staff and I'll be happy. <laughs> in, in that scenario, where does he fit in then? Because you've got yeah. Kike coming back. So you say, like, Kike coming back. You've got Duran, who we said, he's our leadoff guy. He can't go anywhere. Are you trading JBJ? <gasps> who is said that at the beginning of the season? Oh, who said that at the beginning of the oh, season? Oh, and then what me. about Verdugo? Doubted me, you doubted me. I'd and then, say, and then I'd you're say... messing around with where they're playing and starting. I say Kike's out. I love Kike, but I, I, you know, I like. I want a reunion of the three Bs in the outfield, basically. Okay, another one. So do you the, the, the Duran begins with a D. He can change his name, Duran Baran. That sounds just as good. Here you go. So, do you offer up Arroyo as trade bait? Because didn't Kike play infield? So Kike's yeah. versatile. So he's got he's got more options of playing infield and outfield. A bit more versatile than Arroyo. Yes, Sam. I'm not sure that the Royals are going to go for that every time a straight up Royo for Benintendi trade, but you know, okay. maybe, I've got maybe, another one for you. Heim, maybe Kenheim can work his magic. I've got I've got another one for you. So obviously, Mr. Bobby D, who uh, is is struggling. Uh, there's a few names that have been floated around as first base. Um, who one of them is uh, is a free agent in uh, Mr. Josh Bell from the Nationals. Uh, he's obviously a potential uh, option. Um, you know, he's, he's batting pretty well this year, just under uh, under 300, 11 home runs and, and 44 rubies. Uh, but another name that's been floated about, which um, a few different people have talked about, is I'm not sure how it will work, but Mr. Trey Mancini. Oh, I, love, I love Trey Mancini. I think he's a great, gritty player. I, I just love the attitude, love the, love the way he goes about the game. So, quite frankly... If it works, we don't have to give too much up for him. Yeah, I, I would take it. I can't see them trading in the AL in the division, the AL East, but hey, look. Josh, yeah, Josh Bell seems that. like a bit more of a opportune first baseman if we want to go down that route then, by the sounds of it. Yeah, I think that then was, for me, is the area where there's probably some ability to upgrade. And we've probably got a few excess pieces. If you chuck in Arroyo and Bobby Dalbach, um, you know, for a short-term piece, knowing that you've got Casas who you want to try and bring up in the next couple of years, maybe someone like Bell works on a short-term fit. You're certainly probably looking or looking for someone who's probably got a year and a half vet, veteran on the contract, good hitter. You know, he's going to be hitting down the orders. So what we're really wanting is him to be, have an ability to get, get on base and knock runs in more than necessarily home runs. But if home runs are beneficial, if he's a particularly if he's a left-hander and can pull um, over towards the bullpens. Um, that would be my area. You, you, I, I still wonder whether you might try and get a, a better quality backup catcher, but there, you, you just there's no value in that market. Ploiecki's not having a better, great year, although he is still reasonable and decent behind the plate. Um, you know, the home only home other area, the only other area, no, 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 I'm going to go mention is right, right field is is probably the area where we're not really hitting. And and I know, I know, I said it, and I just did all year about it, but at, at some point when numbers don't fit, does JBJ's 
yes, we love him for his defence, we love him for who he is, but eventually, do you think, actually, he is sacrificial, we can sacrifice him? And I know again, I can see all of you going, almost going for the tissues and going, Johnny cannot be right. I, well, we love JPJ, don't let him go. But do you, un you understand? Well, this has always been my thought. I just wondered whether if kids come up and they've done all right. I think it really depends on the package and who it's for at the end of the day. Yeah. I think, you know, everyone was talking about if we had JBJ, we would have beaten the Astros last year in the. Uh, and that defense would have been a little bit better yeah. with some of those plays out there. Yeah, but like you said, at the end of the day, but you then know, was hitting. You carry him with his batting for. Uh, I think you don't really want to give up all the pieces in the farm system we've rebuilt. Yes, I think some of them could be great trade bait, but there's a lot of them which you know we're going to see hopefully on a Red Sox roster back yeah. end of this year. Hopefully, starting next year, you don't want to give up. I think, like I said, for the right person for the right package. I think, you know, you've got to put him in there with the likes of Bobby D, with the likes of potentially Arroyo uh, as as well, with those people coming back off, off the IL. There's too many, you know, mouths to feed now. And I think some of these people are are, are prime opportunities. Uh, even if it's someone, someone on these rebuild teams, like, you know, you know, do you want to go down a starting picture route and look at someone like, is it uh, Montas from the, from the Oakland days? You know, yeah. you know, would JBJ, uh, Arroyo, Bobby Dolback, some of these other pieces in the farm system be good pieces for someone like the Oakland A's in a rebuild to still a starting pitcher, which is probably one of their last, you know, prime guys that they, they've got to trade for a starting pitcher, maybe. You never know. Never know. Um, I, to be honest, I, I quite like to give as little way off the farm as possible. I think we've got a few expendable major league pieces, if I'm being honest, that I, I trade first. And I think the three names, Kike, probably not so much, but certainly Arroyo, JBJ and uh, and Bobby D, uh, I think I'm expelled. I'm probably one of, maybe a, an arm in the bullpen, maybe one or two of the arms in the bullpen. You know, whether you say Robles or uh, Diekman. <laughs> you'd so. probably have to pay someone to take Robles. Um, uh, no, I'm not sure you'd. No, I'm not sure you would, really. I'm not sure you would, really. But I think... From my perspective, I think Kike might be a decent prospect of being traded. Obviously, he's he's in a a fairly cheap contract at the moment. Um, he's in the final year of his two year deal, so he'll probably want more money next year. Is Bloom gonna want to give him more money and a longer deal, or are we gonna trade him now and get something back from him? We should get something decent back for Kike because of his versatility. I don't know how much he would realistically get back for Arroyo or Jackie Bradley. Jackie Bradley maybe more because of his defense. But I think yeah, but Arroyo, Arroyo's still, Arroyo's, what, what, he's still got a couple of years of arbitration left, hasn't he? I think so. So yeah. he has value. He's 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 on he's on low low money. You know he's you know he's he's hardly going to break the bank when it comes to you know the arbitration with you. So I think he oh. offers a bit. Yeah, so More. I don't, I, I think he would be here before Arroyo. Hmm. Okay, well that's fair enough. I think I think I think we're all of the same thinking. There are a couple of guys who we probably would have thought at the beginning of the season we're not going anywhere, and who, as things have transpired through the year. 
it's not been their year and other people have stepped now I, I throw the gap I still stand but actually if they don't trade him it's because I think they want him there for basically because they know he's a corner and they've got him for two years um, and whether it allows them to then play him in platoon with the younger players in case they have a, a slightly weaker stretch um, just a bit of backup reassurance so you know, but <laughs> I'd love it if it would all be like pro- I'm a prophet this year. <laughs> Everything mm-hmm. I said comes true. Anyway, Robles is a contract next year, so you could could just cut him. Like if no one takes him, and at the end of the day, you want that spot, just get rid of him. He's he's gone at the end of the year by the sounds of it. Anyway, DFA. Yeah, he might. You might then be able to resign him on a on a minor league contract. Um. Possibly, yeah. Interesting. I can't. I can't imagine he would clear waivers though. Someone would claim him if he's going free. I think so. I think so. He's got. Yeah, he's got some value. You know, these like any reliever. Sometimes they just have a bad month, and when they have bad months, they can really stink the joint out. Uh, and then you find he probably gets traded somewhere, and he'll be like that. What did he? Because he came to us last season. His ERA was over five, wasn't it? And he actually pitched all right for us the second half of last season. So, you know, is it, is it a case of almost a sense of deja vu for him in his career? You know, it's pitch bad, you know, bad I June, get traded and pitch all right. Yeah. I think sometimes it's down to overuse. You know, the, mm. you know, core gets his, and I think this is my concern with Schreiber, is Over- where we've been quite thin on the ground, is, you know, running him in, and him not being the same, like, you know, we saw, was it Josh Taylor last year, Matty yeah. Barnes last year, absolutely dominant the first stretch of the season last year. Come second half, they were just worn down, tired. EOA went through the, ERA went through the roof. They just looked the complete opposite in the second half of the season. And I suppose, you know, are we, have we worn some of these guys out? And this is the effect of, overuse in high leverage situations or in certain situations where mm. they're uh yeah they're just performing like they are because of, of of that as an as uh as an you know i don't know if it's an excuse or what the word you want to use is but you know bullpen management maybe or lack of trusted arms i don't know you can put a label on it whatever you want <laughs> i think there's a i think it's probably what crept into the game uh, there's a degree of expendability about bullpen arms Teams are prepared to just burn them and discard. And I think, was it the Rays last year or someone used like just a ridiculous amount of, uh, of, of bullpen arms? They just basically burnt them. And particularly younger kids, they'll give them a two or three run, they'll just overuse them and send them back down to the minors to recover. Um, you know, that's just the way the analytics work, probably. Then it's, of course, the case that they. Whilst you're hot, use them because they eventually get found out. And as soon as they get found out, on to the next surprise. Um, and so, yeah, good. Well, hey, look, it's a positive. Look at that. It's a positive that we're not saying, oh, no, who are we going to trade? We're going to trade this. We're going to trade this person. We're, we're talking probably only a couple of spots that we really feel that any major could do with a good upgrade. Um, I so. won't be disappointed if we don't make any big splashes, though, to be honest. I don't, I don't think, think we will make a big I, there's nothing. There's nothing where I'm like, this is a disaster. We need something really big. 
And if Haim does his normal sneaky little moves that no one saw coming, I think I'd be happy with that. I don't think we, we're not desperate for the help. And if it means, I mean, I would not want to see him trade any pitching at all in any level of our farm system. I feel like we shouldn't trade pitching. But other than that, you know, I'm happy with pretty much any moves that Haim makes, I think. I think it'll be, we don't need anything splashy. Would you be happy if we traded Sander? I've, I've made I've made the argument for trading Xander in the past. I can see the logic in it. I feel like at the moment we've not we're not at desperation point in terms of talks for extensions and for the contracts. But I wouldn't. I mean, I would want to see a really really good return for it for many years to come. It would be the equivalent of a Mookie Betts trade. But if he's going to leave at the end of the season anyway, at least we'd get something for it. Uh, I'm, but I'm not sure with Sander that we're at the point. So with Mookie Betts, we knew at this point he was not going to resign. He oh, made yeah. that very obvious. Yeah, Sander yeah. has made it fairly clear that his preference would be to stay in Boston. Yeah. We're just making the right did, offer. Did you... So I'm not sure we're quite at the point where it's worth giving up on those talks. So the second you trade him away to somewhere else, then that opens up the possibility of them starting talks. And also he realises there's a world outside of Boston. And right. so it's... I... I'd, I'd rather not trade him, but if we do, I want decent prospects. I want a big, I want a major league name. And they have to like really, I mean, they'll have to turn the fan base around. And I want them to sign Devers. The most important thing is, as long as we don't find out they've done a Freeman on us. Um, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I think his agent got everything he deserved there. Um, Look, Dando isn't going to sign. He's going to become free agent because his, his agent Scott Boris and Scott Boris quickly shut down that talk about a month ago, three weeks ago, where Xander came out and really liked to resign. And suddenly everyone went, "Oh yeah, no, he's open. He's open negotiations." And then radio silence shut down. Boris, Boris is taking him free agency, and we're just going to have to play the Scott Boris and games and hope that maybe Xander turns around and said, "No, do you know, what, Scott, yeah, they might offer me some more money, but I'm just, gonna, I want to be here. It's a good enough deal." which would have got poor Mr Freeman in Atlanta anyway I felt very sorry for that man and obviously for, for obviously the Atlanta Braves uh, fan base right all I can say is it's been great to talk but before we go there's certain something on Saturday that I believe you three are going to uh, and I'm not because I'm moving house so I think there's a plan to meet who Barry I think you've been given the details What's going yeah. on? So obviously Saturday, Crystal Palace Park in London, the MLB Home Run Derby X, Red Sox versus Cubs, Dodgers and Yankees. Um, it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be a great day, great event, food, um, music, John, Johnny Gomes, Anastasia, <laughs> yeah. um, Adam, same level, me and Johnny Gomes, yeah. <laughs> He's definitely, well, we can compare who's got the better beard, Sam or Johnny. Yeah. But So, yeah, it's going to be a great day. And for the, the fans, the Red Sox fans are coming. We're going to do a uh, fan meet-up at 3.30 at the merchandise stand. Um, so it would be really good if, you, if people that are coming could make that. And it's just going to be a great day out. 
good yeah so as many people you know join in contact people via obviously all the media out, uh, sort of social media uh, outlets on twitter uh, at Boston Red Sox fans of the UK uh, on um, Facebook, there'll be there'll be lots of communication going on. Reach out to these guys, come and meet them if you've, if you've never met some of the guys before. It'd be a great opportunity. Uh, and very jealous, but have fun, drink lots, have fun, guys. And uh, I guess that's all I've got to say for tonight. Thanks for joining me. And um, yeah, let's hope a few weeks time we're still big and positive. So. For now, go Red Sox. Whoop, whoop.